welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries, powered by Bern Sheehan, leading technology recruitment business here in the UK. Uh, in this episode, we have Patience Tucker, who is the CEO of YQ Technologies. In this episode, Patience talks us through why she left uh, a really comfortable job within a PLC to join a startup in YQ. Um, she then dives into what the future of the hospitality sector looks like with regards to how it's powered by technology. Um, they, as a, as a business at YQ, in the early days, had a very conscious decision to target enterprise customers and go after the big businesses in the hospitality sector. It's obviously a bit of a, a challenge to do so, and she talks through the decision-making there. YQ itself has also been going for about eight years now. It still very much considers itself a startup, and she dives into why that is. And then finally, she gives us a really interesting uh, biggest challenge of her career answer. I think it's a great episode. hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Patience. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Do you want to start off by giving us a bit about yourself and the kind of story behind YQ? Yeah, sure. So, um, would you believe it or not, I wanted to be a TV presenter when mm. I was younger. <laughs> um, clearly, that's not followed the right path in terms of where I wanted to be, but um, I'm a mother of two. I've got two beautiful boys, um, two and, uh, well, two and four and a half, which keep me very much on my toes. Mm. Um, but look, my background is, is mainly in financial services. So I worked previously in a FTSE 250 company where I sort of raised, um, came up the ranks. Um, and about nine years ago, uh, my then CEO came to me and said, hey, I've got a gig for you. How do you fancy leaving your nice, safe, secure job and coming to join this, this business that's got a great idea? Um, but we're not sure how it's going to go. You know, what do you think? Anyway, I met the co-founders and met, you know, we started talking through it and I just fell in love with YQ, I fell in love with just the product, I fell in love with what they were trying to achieve. Yeah. At that time, it wasn't really a product, it was just an idea and I just knew that this was this was for me. So, left my job, embarked on an, an adventure and nine years later, here I am. Do you want to tell us a bit about what YQ offers and what, what the product is? Yeah, sure. So... YQ is a guest engagement platform and we sit within the hospitality market or hostech is what the buzzword is saying at the moment. So we offer solutions um, within uh, hotels, restaurants where they're able to offer their guests the ability to um, order and pay for food, food and drinks items in a venue. Um, we have multiple integrations into point of sale, into payment gateway. So we're agnostic across those platforms, which means that we can service essentially the entire globe. Um, not only that, we have deep integration into the home delivery partners. So for okay. those um, restaurants, fast casual brands, that they want multiple tablets in the back office where they have somebody to go and input orders into the pause, we take away that pain, that operational efficiency. So we now take the orders from the home delivery platform and put it directly into the point of sale without the need for multiple different integrations. So we see ourselves as positioning part of a venue's um, tech stack, yeah. and we see ourselves as that virtual employee that a venue would need. So with all the staff shortages within the marketplace, I think YQ's technology is well positioned to be able to bridge that gap. Cool. So you've partly, in, in the intro there, you've kind of covered off why you've maybe made that jump, but you've kind of, like you said, you've left that stable PLC career to go in, in as a as a non-founder I guess into, yeah. a, into a startup was it were there any other reasons why you went for it you was talk about the draw of the founders and a bit about the excitement around it but what not many people make that jump let's put it that way yeah <laughs> yeah look it's a very good question I, I think and um, probably one that my family would probably think I was a little bit mad at um yeah. but I I 
I saw an opportunity to embark on a slightly different venture, and I think not many people get like it's not many people get the the, op- the opportunity to do um you know to change career or to change the direction in terms of where it's going. I love tech, and my job previously was always in tech, but financial services tech, mm-hmm. and so to actually come to the table and to actually put your mark to something and actually you know come up with this strategy to actually deliver something that nine years down the line the world is now you know screaming for yeah. that's exciting you know, that's what gets me out and out of bed every day so I think the founders was one thing but the product where it could the use cases of it was just it's just amazing you know every the everyday life I could see myself using that tech and using that piece of software so I thought well if I could if I could use it and it's part of my everyday life then why wouldn't everybody would it either and I think yeah. The ability to give customers the choice of how they want to be served is one thing which we don't always get a choice of in a, in a restaurant environment or in a fast casual environment. So this tech really enables that. Um, and I'm just really happy that I made the move. Yeah, well, I guess if you end up as CEO, you better start being a bad decision at all. True. Would love to sort of, you've obviously given us a bit about the product, but what's the mission behind YQ? Yeah, so look, we've we've done a lot of work around sort of our missions in a strategy in terms of where we want to be. And I think ultimately where we want to position ourselves is the go-to within the Hostech market for any um, operator who's looking for a digital solution within their operations to be able to increase um, uh, um, revenue, to be able to maximise operational efficiency and to drive guest experience. So we want to be, want to be positioned as that solutions of choice and because that's what we do, we provide a solution. You know, we're able to blend into hospitality tech stack to, to allow us to do that. So I guess, you know, somebody, you know, my ideal world would be if you want, if you're a restaurant owner and you're wanting a guest edition engagement platform, I don't want you to go into the net and set shoes out there. I want to go, all right, why key? Okay, these guys are good because actually with one integration, I can do everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I want the company to be positioned as. We've obviously seen probably huge changes in the industry that you're servicing there with COVID, no one wanting to be necessarily allowed indoors for a period of time. Yeah. We obviously see, I guess, an evolution and hence YQ is probably positioned incredibly well to service that. But what what does you think the kind of future looks like within the hospitality industry and where is tech going to help service that? Yeah, it's a really good question and I often do get asked this, but I think, you know, the hospitality industry is it's seen as, as, as a dinosaur and it's always been seen as that. Um, everything from concept offering to sort of the, the tech, the POS systems that they use. I think over the last three to four years, there's a, it's a big shift. It's like a big oil tanker and it's just starting to shift in the way that it needs to go to. I think with the shift in it, what COVID has done is, you know, is take those people that were in hospitality that potentially found something else to do. You've got people coming up the ranks with more digital savvy, understanding that actually with um, the landscape assistance terms of solutions, it, it don't have to be face to face in order to offer that that great guest experience from that perspective. So I think you will see restaurateurs taking the leap to make sure that whatever digital engagement that they do offer their guests it's it's you know there's an esg element to it there's a sustainable element to it but actually it has to be agile Mm -hmm. because concepts change you know we as consumers change you know one minute we might fancy pizza next minute we might fancy curry whatever it could be we change we evolve all the time so why would you not let your tech evolve from that perspective 
the staff shortages is here to stay. The, yeah. the, the industry is not going to be, especially with the hospitality, they're not going to be able to bring that up to the levels that they were. So they now have to start bridging that gap with tech and tech that actually makes sense, not tech that doesn't integrate into the systems or where you need somebody else to be able to operate it. That's not, you know, that's not going to happen. It needs tech that blends in, sits next to what you currently have, but it's not very intrusive. One thing I really want to ask is when we were preparing this podcast, you told me that actually from the off, you decided to target enterprise level businesses and not, I guess, look at just the quicker wins of maybe picking up one or two little independent shops here or there, or not shops, but you know, uh, bars or et cetera. You went for the, for the big names and I guess the big, bigger user base. Can you tell me sort of what the decision making was behind that and trying to win those first sort of huge contracts I guess yeah probably capital <laughs> in the sense that you know it's, it's, a, it's capital incentive to go after volume um, often you're buying the market from that perspective but also we when we came into the market there weren't very many tech businesses like such as ourselves especially within the hospitality industry offering what we were, what, what we were offering mm. and so we, we really had to think outside the box we had to think about okay, what is where is our strategy going to go and i always refer to this um a book called crossing the chasm by jeffrey moores okay. and there's many illustrations of it but he always said something profound which was you have to cross the chasm from, your, from the tech where you've got product so you're not going to go to war and not have bullets not having not having gun not having band-aids not having the quick like you're not going to go to war to that and also you're not going to be able to take over france or, or you know you're going to take the beach first and then you're going to work your way in we were never going to take on the world we didn't have the bandwidth to do that we were trying we came into the market we're trying to educate the market that this this solution was coming you had to give the customers a choice was here to stay and the market was like no we're not going to do it we want service we want to be able to just go to guests and you think you're, you're like if you just try actually doing an order and then getting somebody to pay and then going back to the till and doing this because you can't get reception it's like have you tried that and so the enterprise market worked for it because my background was always enterprise mm -hmm. you know from that perspective it worked well because what we got to understand was we got to understand really how they worked we got to understand their solutions their systems their pain points and then we refined our solutions to suit that and we knew that once we got to that level we knew that once we um, iron out those pain points we had a product that was scalable that's what we have it's mm -hmm. taken it took us longer than what we would have liked but actually that time that we spent to really try to refine it it's what's paying off now I mean COVID helped right because it educated the market for us yeah. so gonna have to give COVID a credit for that yeah. but it did allow us to do that and so now we were mainly work of enterprise customers that's not to say independence we won't, we won't work with mm -hmm. but we're built for scale you know yeah. and we're built to try and cross multiple geographic communications with languages not an issue for us yeah. that's where YQ is so if you don't mind me asking coming into kind of COVID and then you said it kind of it helped in a way with the kind of what the product needs to be were you were you ready to make those adjustments I guess you maybe adapt the product accordingly or was the product ready to take on the challenges that COVID had created straight away yeah the, pro the product was ready oh, was it? We, uh -huh. yes it was ready so we've been we've been working with the product for quite a while uh, we're trying to get into the enterprise market we had a few proof of concepts it was great we, in fact in fact we got our first master service agreement with a big 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 hotel brand mm -hmm. Um, and three months later, COVID hit. So that wasn't our fault. Um, but um, it was. But what COVID, we did take an opportunity though to look at our solution, to look at our processes, to look at the infrastructure of it, to try and enhance on it because um, the hotel market and the hospitality sort of 
took a different turn, we used that time to try and refine where we needed to be. And actually what came out of it was the, the enhancement of our solution where we saw the opportunity to integrate into home delivery partners through the same platform we had to negate that need for the staff with the tablets, etc. So actually what COVID did, as well as educate the market, allowed us to think the next stage to what else our solutions could have. Mm. And that is where, I guess, Waikiki Connect was born from. So now we've you know, at the other side of COVID, we've got solutions that is multi-use that we can you know, can cross you know across multiple different um, F and B outlets, whether it's hotels, restaurants, pool and beach, it can work across that. Fair. Now, what sort of challenges did you have throughout that period of time, or you know, I guess you've scaled significantly due to acceleration of the market? Yeah. What sort of challenges have that created for you? People. People. Always people. <laughs> Always people. Yeah. Um, look, I think one of the main challenges really is trying to get the whole remote working culture together. I think, you know, previously we had an office, COVID happened, we didn't, my role was always typically not office based. I was always, you know, on a plane somewhere or traveling somewhere to see clients, etc. And so then, you know, developers were, could be home based. That's absolutely fine. But when you get customer success, when you get sales, when you get product and get marketing, when you get finance, everybody that is home based to try and bring everybody together to create that culture to create the feel that want for the for, for organization it is a little it's difficult i think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that we have and i'm still facing um only because i want that kind of i want to build the environment when i want people to want to come into the office you know it's not prerequisite mm-hmm. if you want to come in great if you don't fine but when you do come in i want you to have that vibe that yeah in the office you can bounce off people and so on but i think because with COVID, we, we, we employed out of the UK as well. You know, yeah. we, we opened an office in the UAE, so we have got a Dubai entity out there. We've, you know, we, we're live in the US, we've got live in APAP, we've got people in Europe as well. So mm-hmm. it is difficult to have that. Yeah. If our head office has been in the UK, you know, there's only a certain amount of people who will always go to the office. The rest won't. So it's trying to find that culture fit for everybody to mm-hmm. play inclusion. So... My head of marketing recently uh, um, launched a taskmaster, so that's that's hopefully trying to get you know people a bit more involved and trying to do more fun things really yeah. to drive that culture. Do a little taskmaster. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 not going to lie. I did get my two and four year old to help me on this particular t- taskmaster. Really? Oh, I did. Right. They did an amazing job. So, if my head of marketing is listening, <laughs> I think I should win this particular test. Master, <laughs> I'd love to kind of understand. If you, is there anything at the heart? You, you talk about a distributed team there. Is there anything that technology-wise that helps you internally with that kind of bringing the teams together? Obviously, we've got Zoom, Teams, or Google Meets. But is there anything that, outside of that that you found really useful? Yeah, it's a good question. I think we're still learning. I think mm. you know we we have had a rapid growth, so we're still trying to find ways of trying to work together. I mean, we use Slack a lot internally to try and bring people together, and yeah. then trying to have a bit of Slack groups where you know people can go off and you know have interest. You know, we have one of our um, staff at the moment who's raising um, money for charity, so he's doing like a gaming piece where we can all you know sense the Slack, we can all join him on a Friday and watch you know and watch him basically play a game or join in the game as yeah. well with him. So we do try to do. Some you know try, try to do use technology in that way but I think we still got um, a, a way to go and I think we can still learn from that yeah. but certainly internal comms all of that using tech to, to try and aid that is, is big on my list yeah perfect um, you're obviously in, in the this journey of the business it's sort of eight years through now um, but you can see yourself very much a startup I guess what why is that 
what for the listeners why where, where, I guess from my point of view when is a startup not a startup exactly <laughs> yeah I mean look that's a good point I probably will always be a startup because I like to roll my sleeves up but I think and we've always been founder led um, right. it's always been founder led always been you know um, privately funded until recently where we've you know, we've been VC founded and the and, and, and decision really was, was because we were ready to scale the decision really was because we didn't have to educate the market we, you know we're live across 55 different countries we had a product that was scalable um, and it was just time for us to, um, to do that. But I think I do class ourselves as startups because and every one of my ops board, we all roll our sleeves up. We have to roll our sleeves up, mm-hmm. you know, from that perspective. And you know what? I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I enjoy, you know, sitting with the dev guys and, and telling them and asking them how this works. I enjoy it so with marketing, just trying to look at strategy, enjoy product, the product side of things and what actually, we, what, what we're trying to solve and sales, you know, and, and our customer success team. I enjoy it. So... Maybe not what I should be using, my best use of time, but I do enjoy just you know seeing what our clients are asking for, and I enjoy speaking to that. So from that perspective, I think we've we've, we've all got startup mentality because mm-hmm. even though we've got process clear process in place, clear structure, clear department, we do tend to still have that. Oh, I just want to go and see what how these guys are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just going to see if they're doing really well. But I don't think that will ever um, stamp be stamped out of me. That's yeah. just I think that's just the person I am. But. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not a startup anymore. <laughs> That's right. I mean, Potentially do you, not. Do you still have that kind of fail fast mentality when you're building additional bits of the product yeah. or like, making changes to the business? Is yeah, hundred percent. We're not going to get it right the first time. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to get it right the first time. I think um, my head of marketing said to me earlier on, or maybe this week or last week, so if you fail, we fail fast. Yeah. Um, and so, do you know what? We're never going to get it right because we're still building the team, we're still mm-hmm. growing the company, and the bits where we do. Um, fail on let's just dust our stuff off pick it up again and let's try and not to do it again from that perspective so yeah it's um we are agile in, enough from that perspective i'm lucky enough that my cto still codes you know he loves right, coding okay. oh, well, you know okay. so um he'll often go i'm just you know i've just built this so i've just enhanced this bit and i'll see the slack channel like do you not have a life you know and so i'm still you know we're still lucky enough that we you know people do, do still do that but you're, mm. you're right if you're going to fail fail fast Perfect. And obviously, for what we always like to ask our, our guests are two two real final questions. Um, first one is, what's been the biggest challenge in your career to date? Gosh, that is a big question. Um, I think the biggest challenge in my career to date potentially is balancing my, being a mum yeah. and being a CEO. is probably the biggest challenge. Um, I think that having... A boy in COVID, right, yeah. <laughs> and one just before COVID, mm-hmm. was probably um, a, a little bit hard. But I think COVID did help because there was not many travel from that perspective. But mm-hmm. I think finding that balance um, was probably one of the biggest challenges um, in my career. Just in the sense that you know, if anyone listening here, there's the typical mum guilt. You know, if you have to travel 10, 15 days, and mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you leave you know, your newborn or six months old at home, it is it is quite challenging and you have to remember that it's for the greater good. Yeah. So um, I would probably say that. I know some people might say raising capital and everything else, but I think, you know, balancing that with two young boys, two boys and five, and running a scale-up business yeah. is probably one of the biggest yeah. challenges. <laughs> I was hoping you'd answer something like that because, I mean, I'm sat here taking mental notes. I, I, I struggle, I've only got a one-year-old daughter, but um, my, even when my wife, my wife had a year-long uh, maternity leave, which was 
great experience for her. But I was on trains up and down to London, never mind going out of the country, and I get that guilt. As soon as I yeah. got on the train, I messaged my wife, going, I made a mistake. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have done this. Like, I yeah. should be home. Like, yeah. this is... I, yeah, I'm not running a scaling found, you know, startup as well as CEO. Um, but yeah, for, like that, that for me. Is there any kind of tips for that? Because oh, I, I think I think you I think you just have to own it. I think yeah. there were times when you know I was um, you know I had my my little one with me whilst I was on Teams calls. If they cried, I would literally just be bouncing around. I said, like, guys, I'm just going to take my camera off and just start bouncing around to try to soothe them. Yeah. It would soothe him, should I say. And there were times when they would just come in and go, Mammy, Mammy, can I have a snack? My four-year-old, can I have a snack? And you know, you know they're not allowed a snack. Yeah, yeah. You know the grandparents, they just ran away from the grandparents and stuff to look at them. <laughs> and you know they're just to keep, they know, they just know they, to keep them quiet. You have to give them a snack. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure, just have the snack. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to carry on with your conversation. You know mm. that's going to happen. So you just have to own it and deal mm. with it. And I think, you know, people the other side I think you have to learn that you know we as female mothers fathers whatever they're just some case they're just sometimes you have to work from home or sometimes that your kid is going to come in and ask for five minutes of yeah. your time there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't impact the ability to feed you your job yeah. I think you have to be graceful with it and just not feel make somebody feel bad but also you know the advice don't feel bad you're mm. gonna have mum guilt own it drive it move on from it from that perspective mm. have a glass of wine yeah. you know <laughs> and have a sleep have a sleep <laughs> yeah have well, a sleep yeah. when you travel yeah. you know and then, and then you'll be okay but yeah it's i don't think we'll ever get away from mummy girl daddy girl we're mm. just never going to get away from that yeah. i think you just have to park it so that's that's something that happened happen. and yeah. then deal with it I've now got the image of that legendary BBC interview with the guys <laughs> and the two yes, kids coming in. Coming in <laughs> and then the mummy trying to move away. That's what I'm thinking of now. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. Oh yes, that's happened to me many a times. <laughs> um, and then the final question from us that we ask everyone, uh, you could look at it two ways. What piece of advice would you get, give to someone who's either looking to join a startup right now or start their own business? So I think... For someone who's looking to join a startup, I think you have to be of the mindset that nothing's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I think you can have to be on the mindset that um, there's a lot to do and that you have to roll your sleeve up. Your mm -hmm. your perception of, you know, I'll have this in terms of onboarding, etc., it's not going to happen because yeah. often that startup is still trying to find its feet in mm -hmm. terms of which way to go. And so you have to come into a startup with the mentality that, I'm going to make a difference and yeah. I'm going to make a difference in this way and actually I'm going to have the confidence to make a difference in this way mm. and I think if you don't if you don't do that then you won't last in the starter because you get frustrated with, with the process that you think it should be mm. especially if you've come from a non-startup environment into startup mm. you may not have all the resources available for you to trade to do xyz to do everything else there isn't that and the budget isn't there and so you really have to just go I'm doing this because I want a different agenda, a different way of career. I'm doing this because actually my career path for me now, I can get to this stage, that stage, if I demonstrate with this what I can do. And pretty much that's what I did. That's what I left. A very, very good job. And when I started to reload my sleeve and learning about the tech industry and I started to learn, you know, trying to really bring that to life. Perfect. Lovely way to finish up there, but thanks for joining us, Patience. Hope you hope you enjoyed it. I did, thank you very much for having me.